good to me. Okay, people, listen. RX Radio. Groove Cafe. It is the Groove Cafe on RX Radio. My name is Crystal, and I'm so excited about my guest today. We have lots to catch up on. I have the Principal Press Secretary to the Speaker of Parliament here with me today on the Groove Cafe. But many of you know him as a journalist uh, back in the day on NBS television and on Next Radio and so many other things. Please give a warm welcome to Joseph Sabiti. Hello and welcome. Thank you. For, for me, I'm excited to meet Crystal in person. Yeah, <laughs> I was a big fan on radio, on Sanya FM for so many years. So it's, it's, it's good to see you. Well, good thank you, you very person, yeah. much. Yeah. It's good to have you here at RX Radio. Absolutely. So good how are you, you doing? I'm, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Nothing bad. Uh, huh? I think I'm okay. All is well? Absolutely. No complaints with the world? No complaints <laughs> with drama? You mm. will die young if you focus on complaints. <laughs> Life has to go on. It's, okay. Yeah. So now that means you are quite intentional about staying away from drama, like you said, and stress. Mm-hmm. Because some of these jobs, part of the job description is, <laughs> is stress. stress and drama, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. So my life is focused on doing the things that matter, mm-hmm. zeroing it down to the people who matter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. When you're in the profession that I, I was in, I don't know if I'm still in, mm-hmm. um, it's about pleasing people. It's about doing what people want you to do. It's about focusing on the interests of others. Mm-hmm. So I've done that for 10 years and I want to focus on the things that matter to me, the people who matter to me. Mm-hmm. So, so I've zeroed down my priorities. Very few things stress me now. Okay, good, yeah. good for you. Well, yeah. We can all learn something from that. <laughs> so Joseph, take me back. Where did you grow up? Where were you born here in Uganda? Ah, okay. Now, where I was born, I don't think many of you have uh, even know it exists in the first place. So, mm. yeah, it's about 370 kilometers from the capital mm. in, a, in a small village called War. Um, it's in the in a district called Zombo. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when I started talking about Zombo in Kampala, most people thought it was an animal or, or a zoo or stuff <laughs> like that. <laughs> no. Oh, no. Until I became intentional about it, uh-huh. I printed caps um, with the Zombo, the hashtag Zombo on them. Uh-huh. I printed T-shirts and I got uh, T-shirts for my kids. Uh, when they are going to school, they would have hashtag Zombo behind them. Uh-huh. Until <laughs> Now a considerable number of people know that Zombo is a district somewhere, mm-hmm. yes, in, in West Nile, mm-hmm. in the northwestern part of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I was born. My, my father was a medic. So, yeah, spent most of our lives in the hospital quarters. And, and, and then I, I had a mixed childhood, part of it in Zombo, part of it in Arua. Mm. Yeah, so I went to school partly in Zombo, partly in Arua. Okay. I, I came to Kampala at, at university. Okay. So yeah. the early years, were they in Zombo, like primary school? Is that where So I did nursery school in Arua. Mm-hmm. I remember I took primary one examinations in third term of nursery and I was the eighth in class. Okay. So I jumped P1, went to P2, back to Zombo, from Arua to Zombo. I did it in Zombo up to P5. Mm-hmm. Came back to Arua, P6 mm-hmm. and P7. Then secondary school, went to a school called St. Joseph's College on Bachi, still in Arua. Oh my goodness, the yeah. back and forth. Yeah. Okay, was that because of your dad and his work? Or? No, my, my, my mom held on, kept holding on to me. She wanted me to stay with with her. Mm-hmm. Um, my father thought that the environment would not allow me to study. So I had an auntie who lived in Arua who insisted that my son must be a responsible citizen. So I'm going to take him away from the bad <laughs> environment so that okay. he can study. Okay. And, 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 and I think that's partly how I was able to to go to school uh, because of 
the, the environment in Zombo is crazy. Um, mm-hmm. In 2022, kids are still getting married at nine, okay. at, at 14, and, and things like that. So okay. even yeah, today, up to now, it's mm-hmm. it's something we're fighting with. Mm. So, so I think the back and forth was because there was a contest between which environment was good for me to grow up in. But that's also so, a sign that yeah. you were loved. You were I think so. loved. Yeah, I know that my dad loved me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, that I know growing up, I was daddy's favorite guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I know now that my mom loved me because it was tough love back then. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, back then, now. Now, now I know. Uh, back then, it didn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> You're like, but what have I done? Seriously. Yeah, yeah she was a tough woman. So mm-hmm. it is no right nonsense. now that I know that. Um, and then my auntie, may I so rest in peace, loved me. Mm. Uh, that, that I know. I have no doubts about that. Okay. So she, I lost her when I was in primary six, but she insisted that. I needed to be in an environment where I could study. Okay. I think probably I would be drinking Waraji in Zombo now if I had there. <laughs> if you had stayed there. <laughs> if I had stayed the other side, yeah. Well, that's Maybe a I good be, point. Yeah, I mean, because you have, with your children, that's the thing. You yeah. have to plan for their future. Absolutely. Okay. So you mentioned your dad was a medic. Yes. Was there ever any hint, any pressure, any nudge for you to go in that direction or anyone else in the family? Absolutely. No, we, no one in the family took after dad um, because it, the, the job has bad memories. Mm. On Christmas night, my dad would be in the woods. Uh, yeah. We don't have memories of Christmas nights with dad. Uh, New Year, early morning, dad would be coming from the woods and, mm. and, 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 and he was so committed to his work uh, that uh, one of the things I wanted to do was not to be like him. Wow. Uh, and then the complications of physics, chemistry, and math. <laughs> Somewhere <laughs> along the way, you're like mm, along the way. We I don't connect. Like, well, we really, we actually don't connect. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Right now, I, I want one of my kids to be a medic. Maybe. Huh. Yeah. Maybe if, if they want to. Okay. It's it's really a, my, be nice uh, to carry on dad's legacy. Yeah, I have a five-year-old daughter who says she wants to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. So let's see how it goes. If mm-hmm. if she doesn't switch in between. Okay. Uh, uh, so you said you came to Kampala for university. Absolutely. Okay. I had been to Kampala, I think, twice before that, mm-hmm. uh, just to visit. My maternal relatives are in Mukono, mm. so I had come to visit uh, to, to see my grandmother, my maternal relatives. I think I first came when I was in P6, then I came again when I was in Senior 2. Mm. Yeah, so for us, we are the village boys who stormed Kampala <laughs> <laughs> in adulthood. <laughs> okay. And I had to figure out uh, life around here. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so I came to Kampala f- to settle full time when I was joining UCU mm-hmm. um, for my journalism course. I think I'm, I'm, I might be the only one no, among the few Ugandans who never applied to join Macquarie University. Okay. No, I didn't. So it was UCU? Yes, it that was That was your UCU. focus? Yes. Because you said you had been to Mukono a few times before. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. No, I wasn't go. I didn't go to Mukono Town. There's mm-hmm. a, a very remote place called Maoto. Mm. Uh, you 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 cross through either Gava or Luzira on the boat, oh. and there's an island there. And oh. That's the part where yes, my maternal relatives are. So even going to Mukono Town, I think the first time was to pick admission oh. <laughs> <laughs> admission forms to join. So UCU. why you see you? You see, when when you come from a background like mine, where poverty has beaten you hard, and, mm. and uh, my my picture, my idea of Makere was the strikes, the disruptions to learning. So I knew that my father had calculated money. So I said, I'm going to do my three years without strikes, without anything. I graduate and go away <laughs> <laughs> because I'm I'm oh, a second wow. born in a family of eight. There are very many other people asking for school fees. Mm. Yeah, so I, I had no room for extensions. So you and, didn't and want strikes. to go to a place that had drama. Drama, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. So. I have, I've just applied for the first time, I think, to join Macquarie now to do a, a post-grad course oh, right now. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but undergrad, no. That 
was you know, not in the picture, not in the plans. It wasn't part of the plans. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. So why did you decide on journalism and mass communication? Was there someone else who influenced you or is that the course that you were given? It's very interesting. Um, when when I was in senior six, I had, uh, I had uh, conflicting plans. Uh, a part of me wanted to be a lawyer. And, mm. uh, yes, and, and a certain part of me wanted to be a journalist. Mm. So I remembered at the point of filling the forms, I actually picked a pen and did picky picky ponky. No, <laughs> <laughs> what? Yes, um, I still think I, I am trying to think of anyone else who has <laughs> done that. Uh-huh. Yeah, I did picky picky ponky and felt it felt it for my first choice course was mass communication. The second one was law. Mm. Yeah, there were four options. I failed only the two. Okay, I, I still think that I would. Wow, have been, you didn't even bother to no, try it. You were sure. Like I knew what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, it was a picky picky ponky <laughs> thing because I was confused. Uh, part of me wanted to be a lawyer. Um, stand up to injustice, mm-hmm. be a human rights lawyer, probably stuff like that. Then part of me was very passionate about writing, about, about creative works. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, through all level, I had been uh, the best student in my literature class. Mm-hmm. Very passionate. I got, uh, I think, twisted at a very early age, uh, biased towards African literature mm-hmm. and, and then hating anything Western. And then so nice. I was a follower of the Amaikwe's uh, Chino Achebe. Uh, Osman Sembene, absolutely. So, so I looked at myself as, uh, mm. as somebody who would make a great writer. I was about to ask if there was an itch from from school, from high school, but there you yeah, go. Literature, there you yeah, go. literature class. So the absolutely. love for literature. Yeah. But you said the love for writing. Had you already started writing? Well, through secondary school, I was um, editing the school magazine, mm. but but not writing serious stuff. Just editing. would look out for the crazy things. There, there was always that that room for for crazy stuff. Like, okay. Yeah, uh, a teacher has been chased by by kids in class. You'd write in hiding and then pin it on the walls. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. So we started breaking the rules earlier, and then eventually, I think uh, one of my literature teachers noticed and said, "We're going to make you the editor of the school magazine." So mm-hmm. the kids would bring the stories to me, and then I write. Then we do news readings on Friday, oh. and, and it's at that point that I realized kids loved how I. I would read the news and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, with with my unrefined village English, absolutely, I think they fell for it. Mm. It yeah, sounds so like it was very exciting, though. It was fun times. Yeah, it was. Um, the, the the great things about being young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the things you'll miss when you grow old, <laughs> but when you have to get a little more serious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if you have to get serious. I don't believe in. But being I mean, serious. we should keep the child in us alive yeah. and well. Let's just live life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't owe anyone seriousness. Be serious when you, you you should. Be silly if you should. Depends on the circumstances. All the people that we look at as serious have very silly sides. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's true. Yeah. That's a quote right there. You don't owe anyone seriousness. You don't. Absolutely. You don't. don't. Yeah. Love that one. Uh, so. Okay. So you see you. You go in. You you do your course, mass communication. Um, how did that, you know, how did that work for you? Oh, very Good interesting. <laughs> very, very interesting. You see, um, for a kid from the village, mm-hmm. from a broke family, mm. into university, mixing with children of uh, the big shots in Kampala, those who have studied around here, mm. those who have it figured out, 
well, was quite interesting. I think the only thing I was better than many of my peers in was the academics, the schoolwork. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the rest of the things, absolutely not. They had more money than me. They had a better life than me. But my expectations were limited. Mm. Yeah, I just wanted to have money to buy food. There was no girlfriend at campus. There was nothing. Mm-hmm. So I would go dance. I, I don't drink. I have never taken, I've never been an alcohol person. Mm-hmm. So if I wanted to go out with my friends, it was to take a bottle of Fanta and dance with them. Mm-hmm. There was no girlfriend to cut a phone. <laughs> it was just I like the way you keep adding the no girlfriend. <laughs> because that's what campus like... life was about. Oh, yeah. It was about having fun and what. So yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. They had a good time. Yeah, by my description, it was a good time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Did you start on the hustle while you were at uni? Or did that come later? You see, when you grow up in the village, that's, that's the other disadvantage. Uh-huh. They tell you you have to study. When you're done studying, then you will get jobs. I didn't uh-huh. even know that you could work. I never worked so in any of my vacations. Focused Absolutely on. focused on finishing school and then getting work. Mm-hmm. So would have long holidays. I go and sit home. Uh, long holidays, nothing. The senior six vacation, no job, no hustle, nothing. Absolutely, what? yeah. Mm-hmm. So waiting for your broke dad to give you money from the fees. <laughs> <laughs> Now looking back, I think you're like, yeah. hmm, you know, I've done I, things different. Oh, I would have done things a lot more differently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So hustle at university? No, it's a negative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the first time I think uh, I went for internship, um, first year, mm-hmm. first semester, and then you know it looked easy. You go to Mascom class when I. I wanted to be a radio personality. Mm. Yeah, so the dreams were very alive. So we wrote application letters, dropped them, registered. And that is when the reality hit. <laughs> <laughs> you go to places, they trash your application letter oh, while you're man. seeing. Yeah, you go to some places, say, no, no, we don't take interns. What do we do with interns? You go to um, uh, radio stations, they're like, so no radio station in Kampala took interest in us. Mm-hmm. In but that was the early yeah. dream to do yeah. radio. Mm-hmm. I wanted, the only thing I wanted was to be a radio person. So not TV, it was no, radio. TV was an absolute accident. Okay. I think I would have been a fantastic radio personality. Mm-hmm. The dreams that never materialized. Yeah. <laughs> hey, there's still time, you know. There's still old time. Age, old age. <laughs> but you're the same person who said that we can keep pushing ourselves. No, there's ourselves. an age where you can do things. Right now, it's too late. Is that like a, a weekend show somewhere? I don't know. Slot that somewhere. I can do, but I don't know. I just don't <laughs> Maybe know. Maybe change your name. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe under pseudonym. Uh-huh. And, and you know, during one of my training times, I actually did a music show. Mm. Yeah, I did a music show and then I did a Genge and Bongo show, like hardcore beats. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so, so I wanted to be that crazy radio personality. And, and I think I was doing fantastic until one day, one of the, the hosts of... Uh, uh, political shows never showed up. Mm-hmm. So the program director grabbed me from the canteen and said, you're going to sit in. Is that how it started? Yeah. That's how my whole dream of being an entertainment First presenter. First wait, you were just minding your business yes. at the canteen. Yes. Then the, the host of a, of a serious show never showed up. Uh-huh. And they said, you said you're a journalism student? Mm-hmm. Yeah, come with me. So the guy opened the studio and said, that is your guest. It was a justice uh, heading one of the, the bodies. Yeah. So I was very small, extremely thin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I looked very malnourished back then. So <laughs> guy pushed me in. Mm-hmm. So the judge says, how are you, kid? Uh-huh. I say, sir, I'm not a kid. Mm-hmm. He says, well, looking at your size and your age. Yeah, so I did the show and mm-hmm. everyone was wowed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so You they were, were like, thrown in the deep end. Yes, I had to. So everyone was like, hmm. That's where you belong. Mm. So they started pushing me towards doing serious things. So okay. 
sadly i had to learn to be serious at, at such a young age i had no room to be silly and that's I know. How, yeah but i failed to get internship in kampala mm-hmm. so i had to go to arua okay. uh, to, to get internship ah yeah I, mm-hmm. th- my first internship in kampala was after graduation okay that's when wbs gave me Mm-hmm. a chance yes to, All right. yeah that, and that's how i got my first job so wbs and that's how we we started mainstream tv, TV. yes okay how you long were you there um i worked at wbs from 2012 so so here's the interesting thing i i went there in 2012 mm. um for internship okay because they said want someone who is good with politics so one of my classmates said ah i know someone who used to argue a lot during political science class <laughs> and he he's quite <laughs> is passionate about they said bring him for training okay. so I went yeah so in between there there was no chance of a job so I saw job adverts at top tv mm-hmm. so we went when we went we were shortlisted i found there 1000 people wow then they started interviews funny funny interviews we went through so i went to the top 10 mm-hmm. uh, to be employed and then I, i i went into the top 5 then they took me in as a as a reporter okay i lasted at top tv for two days two days yeah i ran away ah. i took off What yes, happened? two days. The first day I went, I had done a bit of training at WBS. So I found people writing on papers. People were not using computers. Wow. Mm-hmm. Then secondly, the whole newsroom looked like everybody needed to figure out where they want to go. Oh. Yeah, so I said, here, this is, this not, is not what I'm going to do with my life. So okay. I, I, I took off. <laughs> and and, and uh, as I was on a border border going back home, my... The lady who had given me the internship start called me and said, "Well, we have very little money, mm. but if you're willing to work for a gross pay of 500,000, come." Mm-hmm. There's so an just, opening. Yeah, yeah, that's how I ran and uh, I was in. <sighs> 500,000. The net pay was about 420 mm-hmm. yeah after cutting all the taxes and stuff mm-hmm. yeah okay so but i was have, excited you ran away and the opportunity was waiting for you yeah. so clearly that was meant to happen yeah uh-huh. so around that time i had also gotten an offer in lira mm-hmm. to be a, i think an assistant news editor of, of a radio station mm-hmm. in lira mm-hmm. it sounded like i would be a big person and you know, big title a, a big title so they said we'll pay you I think 500,000 mm-hmm. it was 100,000 more than the one mm-hmm. yeah. so so I have a, I have an auntie who is a mentor who who supported me at university yeah yeah if she had not stepped in I think I would have dropped out because my my dad was now hustling with his little salary so she mm-hmm. she was paying half the fees so I went to her to say hey I have gotten a job in Lira she looked at me and said you're serious mm-hmm. said yeah said no the media is not in Lira the media is in Kampala ah, I said you're ah. my son I know you I know your capabilities go and she pulled 600,000 said this is your transport go and look for where to volunteer mm-hmm. and stay in. that's how i ended up at wbs instead of going to lira okay. yeah so i would probably, so you were really considering that opportunity i was because mm-hmm. i wanted to get paid at mm-hmm. that point yes yeah. i didn't want to go back home after campus i wanted to move from hostel to my single room and and start life <laughs> and start life yeah but she saved me from okay. going to the village so okay. yeah so wbs it was up to about 2015 mm-hmm. yeah then where um, did you go next Oh, so at that point I wanted to work for NTV. Mm. You know how you push and try and, and things like that and, and and so they had a very rigorous recruitment process. Mm-hmm. So one of the guys is called William Scato had said that young man has talent mm. but he needs to work on one or two things. So we, we're going to take him at some point. We we are monitoring him. Mm-hmm. So I kept hoping for when it would come. WBS was going down. Mm. Things were not working yeah, out. Yeah, point. so ah, 
man, I tried tried to push things, but they would say, ah, this, this, and this, 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 and this. Nairobi, you know, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So in about uh, around 2015, mm-hmm. so one of my friends, Mildred Tohaise, is my friend. We have been friends for so many years. So mm-hmm. many people know her as my sister. We, we have a brother and sister relationship. Okay. Yeah, calls me and says, um, the, the human resource manager of NBS wants to talk to you. Mm-hmm. So I tell her, no. I don't what? Want, no, I, I told her I'd say no. I don't want to work with jokers. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> you said no right up. I said no. I will not, because uh, I told her I don't. I, I am a serious person. I don't want to work with jokers. Wow. I had colleagues who were working for NBS, mm-hmm. and every time you met them, they they didn't cut off a serious. Oh. Yeah, that was the transition when NBS was just uh, transitioning from really the hustle days to the serious media. Okay. That was yeah. Mm-hmm. So I said no. And she, she told me, you know, as she was saying that, the, the gentleman calls. Hello, my name is Paul Luanga. I, I am the head of talent. Can you come and we talk? Mm-hmm. And I tell him, Paul, I'm busy. Um, when I get time, <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> so, yeah. So what I didn't know, mm-hmm. and, and this, this later the CEO said it at my wedding, mm-hmm. that Mildred came to us looking for a job. Mm-hmm. We told her, if you want a job, bring that young man. Oh yeah, so she had played on my psychology absolutely <laughs> very well, and used me to negotiate for a job. She's a smart <laughs> woman. <laughs> yeah, she's a smart one. So, yeah, she came and told me, my brother, you know, these are people mm-hmm. with names in this town. Just go and say no, mm-hmm. but talk to them. But give first them meet yeah, them. First meet them. It's a good thing. You need to outgrow your radicalism. And I said, okay, mm-hmm. if you say so, I'll go. Okay. Yeah, that's the mistake I made because I walked into a room and, and that's how I met Kin Carissa. <laughs> I think the best person mm-hmm. I worked with in the media. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I spoke to Kin for two minutes. He has groomed so much talent. And told him I want to be part of your team. Okay. From I will not work with unserious people. So two minutes was two all minutes, it The took. contract was negotiated. Two minutes. Mm-hmm. He said, how are you? He said, this is our plan. This is where we want to go. He mm-hmm. said, about five things. This is what we want to do in the next five years. Mm-hmm. And we want you to be part of this team. Mm-hmm. How much money do you want? Um, I mentioned, I think I said, two million. Mm-hmm. And he said, we'll give you 1.5. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we have a deal? <laughs> uh, HR, go and draft the contract. And that was that? And that was it. And Coming that, from from other yes, know, where you have this level, the next level yeah. interview. I don't know nothing. The, he doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. But, but you see, before I went to meet Paul, mm-hmm. actually the day he called me, I got three phone calls. Hey. Yes, I was attending a friend's wedding at Watoto. So when I got out, the first gentleman was Paul from NBS. The second one was a phone call from Vision Group. The third one was a call from a lady called Diana. I remember the name from NTV. Mm-hmm. All asking to meet with me. Ha. Same day, interval of, of 15 minutes. Can you imagine minutes. that yeah. all happens at the same you know, time? I had a hustle looking for just a place <laughs> in this town. Yes. So, you know, you had, you've had worked now. I had a bit of experience. Mm-hmm. I had made a name. So, so now the media houses, okay. you know, yeah, thought, mm-hmm. yeah. So, but I, I, I know I failed to negotiate a deal with NTV, I think, three times. Wow. It, it didn't go I guess through. it just yeah. wasn't supposed to yeah, happen. Yeah, it wasn't meant to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, I, I think with Vision Group, I tried to negotiate about twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, the, the, the last one was when I had, you know, at some point I left the media and went into, I did some comms for Action Aid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they had wanted me to do, to host a talk show. Mm-hmm. But but I, I, I bolted out of that negotiation because the person talking to me was too arrogant and full of themselves. Oh. Yeah, so, so I just said no. Mm-hmm. 
Well, so in yeah. a way that means you trust your your gut with a lot of things. Absolutely. If it doesn't feel if, if right, if it doesn't feel right, I won't go into it. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's important. A lot yeah. of people don't listen to that feeling. They don't listen to that voice. It's different when you're starting out. Mm-hmm. When you finally worked out and made a name, mm-hmm. uh, there are few opportunities here, and there are people will come calling. Yeah. So then there you it's it's, it's on your and it has to be right. Yes, it has to be right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned, you know, Mildred said radical, right? That word, yes. radical. Is that something that you would say a lot of people would, you know, say about you back then? I think even now, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, okay, the, the, maybe a bit of experience has, has made me a bit moderate. But back then, mm-hmm. it was right and wrong, mm-hmm. left and this right. This is the, the clear yeah, line. This is the clear line about yes. it. There was no middle ground. Mm-hmm. It's either I will not see you, Crystal, or I will see you. It's either I like you or I hate you. There was no pretense <laughs> no. about it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes, there was no pretense about it. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Uh-huh. So, yes, I was I was quite a radical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, that also explains why you were quite controversial at some point in your career. I don't, I don't know if I was controversial. If I, I, I mean, just to others, in, to others. Yes, yes. I, I just believed in right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Yes, if it was right, it was right. If it was wrong, it was wrong. It didn't matter who you are, what powers you had, what you could do to me, I really didn't give a damn. Mm-hmm. If it's wrong, it's wrong. If it's right, it's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But a lot of people say, you know, there's politics involved, where especially even in the media, you have to sometimes, you know, look at the bigger picture, all these different things. Was it hard for you? Yeah, but but towing the lines, but, but sticking see, to when, what you believed in. When you're a journalist, your obligation is to society. Mm-hmm. Yes, you, you you have an obligation to society. Your responsibility is to society. Your obligation is to the truth. Mm-hmm. It is either that or not. And I always tell people that. That is what it should be. But yeah. the reality is we see a lot of compromise. We see then a get lot out. of people. If, if, if you can't do it right, get out. <laughs> and, and that's what I always tell people. Mm-hmm. If you get to a point where you feel like you can't do journalism, mm-hmm. just bolt out. You're being compromised. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Because for me, I wanted to do my career in journalism and leave a mark as a journalist mm-hmm. and be known for something right mm-hmm. and, and be known for standing for the truth for resisting pressures enticements and everything to just do the right thing mm-hmm. and and I did that successfully until I reached a time where I felt I had done my part and I left okay. so you won't blame me for anything else I do now because I am not a journalist okay <laughs> yeah the times have changed my obligation has, has changed now, now I am doing something else but 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 to to People who want to do journalism, you either do journalism or you bolt out. There's no two way about it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. People call it controversial and stuff, but I call it doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you you mentioned you know you were done and you decided for you know a change, a career yeah. change, right? Is yeah. that when you moved to Action Aids? I went. You know, at first, um, I had a situation. My dad was sick. He had kidney complications, mm-hmm. so he had to be taken to hospital uh, mm-hmm. for dialysis about three times a week. And the newsroom routine is quite uh, hectic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I realized I needed to get a job that was a little bit less, flexible yeah, mm-hmm. to be able to now. And, and, and unfortunately, he passed on first week on that job. Yeah, yeah so I'm it so was sorry. it was a bit. So I stayed at Action Aid for nine months, mm-hmm. and I got bored. You got bored. Yes. Okay. It wasn't what I was cut out to do: <laughs> sitting on desks and, and attending long meetings and mm. discussing the same oh, thing. Oh man, long meetings! Yeah, that is torture. Yeah. <laughs> so after nine months, I walked to my boss, a very amazing gentleman, mm-hmm. and told him, "Xavier, I'm out. Okay. Yeah, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't think I made the right decision. So that's how I got back to NBS after mm. nine months." <laughs> It called you right back. Yeah. Okay. But, but you know, my, my boss had said, this is home. Any day you feel like coming back here, you can come give me back. a call. Yeah, mm-hmm. You can come back. Okay. Uh, I think I left when they still valued me. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they were 
able to get me back without any. Okay. We only had had a conversation about the pay and, and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was about the money. Once we agreed on the money, I was right back in. Um, I think I did another one year. Mm-hmm. And then... The one thing that's becoming clear is you trust your instincts. You're like, this is not working anymore. Time with, to with a job, you can tell mm-hmm. that this is not what I yeah. want to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's not about the money. It's not about. The, but if I can't do the job, I will walk out. Mm-hmm. Even today, if if I reach a point where my job is boring me and I feel like it's not challenging me enough, mm-hmm. I'll get out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So your latest uh, position right now. Yes. How did that happen? When did that happen? Whoa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so it gets down to the same Mildred. Okay. Yes, one day we after a hectic broadcast we, we go out for lunch and she tells me, Hey, drop me in Tinder. I, I'm going to see a friend. Okay. Um I don't have my car. So I'm like, Okay. So I drive and then say, By the way, which friend are we going to see? Hey, you come. You mm-hmm. get so I walk into the the residence of the speaker now. Uh-huh. That's how I meet her for the first time. So, uh, Mildred and her discussing strategies, the campaigns. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was running for deputy speaker. So, I sat and listened. Mm-hmm. And so, at the end of it, she asked me, what do you think? So, I told her, I think you and Mildred are having an elitist conversation, talking about Twitter. And, and I said, you're looking for votes from MPs. Uh, half of them don't even know what Twitter <laughs> is. They, they, they are not on Twitter. Thank you. Yeah, so, yes. go, so, I told her, go talk to them. Mm. Call them man to man meet them mm. uh, these twitter things we can settle them later and stuff so as i was leaving she says give me your contact mm-hmm. yeah and then three days later she calls me and says i want to see you alone so i went we had a conversation so fast forward she gets elected the deputy speaker mm-hmm. now this is the interesting thing she calls both of us and said you guys have all been good to me you've been my friends you helped me in this thing but i have one position up for grabs Whoa. so i want you two to go and sit and you give me one person. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yes. Um, you know, so, those are the things that can make or break a friendship, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Mm. I was very convinced in my heart that Mildred needed to take that job. <laughs> we got out of the office and I told her, you're going to take that job. You will take it. I said, no, my brother, why don't we discuss and talk about it later? And I said, no, you're going to take that job because I know Parliament is a good employer and I know with your energy and, and this, this being a lady, mm-hmm. she'll need a female handler and things like that. So mm-hmm. you're going to take the job. I said, no, let's first go and talk about it and, and stuff. Well, we came back. I kept pestering her. And you could say, you're going yeah, to take You it. will take the job. Mm-hmm. And she said, no, you see now, you're more experienced than me. Mm-hmm. You've been in politics. You've covered politics. So I think you should take the job. I told her, Mildred, you, you can't be. <laughs> you can't be telling this to me. Uh, fast forward, she refused. So Yeah, she, she refused. She refused to take the job. Mm-hmm. So I told her, okay, if you're not interested, uh, I really want the best for you, my sister. And, and I know that this is a good placement for you, for your career. Mm-hmm. Um, you've done your part on TV. It's about time. Mm. Uh, she still had her heart. With her viewers, uh-huh. with the TV, yeah, and stuff like that. Long she story was not short, yet ready for the change. Yeah, long story mm-hmm. short, I took the job. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you feel like you needed that change at that point? I told her, Mildred, I can't fail to get a job in this town. Mm-hmm. I'll get one. Okay. But I wanted to see you off mm-hmm. to your next career first. I, I always tease her that I'm a big brother. So I said, as your big brother, I have the responsibility to make sure that you start off uh, your next career and then 
Mm-hmm. I, me, I told her I can't fail to get a job in this town. My my gut feeling was that I couldn't fail to get a good job mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. I wanted to leave the media. Yes. Yes. I also told her that between the two of us, I think that I have been able to reinvent myself. Every time I leave, I come back and do different things. Mm-hmm. But you've been doing the same thing over and over. You're going to get bored. Mm. My sister refused. So, long story short. Uh, they asked for my documents. Now, here's the interesting thing. The qualification for the position was a bachelor's in journalism. Yes. Now, that's when I realized her bachelor's is in IT. Oh. Yes. Right. Yes. So, there was going to be an issue there. An issue there. Uh, so, may- maybe she knew. May- maybe she didn't. Before, she actually ran back to tell her that, no, it will be Joseph coming. <laughs> <laughs> Before I could respond. But she's quite a determined lady, I have to say. Yeah, she's, she's quite a hard nut. Uh, uh-huh. once she, yeah. mm-hmm. So they took us for interviews. So we did uh, the interviews. Uh, I think I did well. Mm-hmm. We went into the job. It was an absolutely new terrain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from being hard-hitting questions on the other side now having to deal with them. Having and to you know, receive and it, those uh, questions. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you know, everybody has a, an opinion about parliament. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there are one million people, the one million of them each have opinions. No, each I mean, one I'm has sure you same. remember when you're on the other side. Absolutely. Well. And, mm-hmm. and, and you can't blame them. They, I, I, I believe that we have to answer those questions. Mm-hmm. The people of this country have the right to ask us the hard questions, the ones that make us uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And you have no option but to answer them. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, nine months down the road, that unfortunate incident happens. Um, we lose the Speaker of Parliament. Yes. My boss becomes the Speaker. Mm-hmm. And that comes with change in structure. I have to go back for another interview. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yes, I have done two interviews in in nine months. <laughs> um, so now that moves me to, to the Speaker's office. Mm. Yeah, where now you have to do the job of... Uh, coordinating media relations, managing a bit of, of the image, uh, sometimes doing speeches, um, mm-hmm. attending meetings, scheduling appointments, and, and things like that. And then, so for me, it's, it's a new experience. It's um, yeah, away from. Did you say challenging? Say new experience. Challenging. Very challenging. For the first time, I am challenged in my life ah, after a long time. That's something time. you've been looking yes, for. Yes, that's what I've been looking for. Mm-hmm. Something that will get you know the adrenaline once again. Mm-hmm. And then it's, it's quite challenging. You're always on the move. You have to think first. You have to deal with the the, the consequences. You have to deal with bad press. You have to deal with colleagues in the media. Mm-hmm. Sometimes writing things that they can't prove. And then you have to, and there's the professional journalist in you that has to protect the right of people to express themselves, but mm-hmm. there's also a job to be done. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's, it's quite. But the professional journalist in you is very, very important for this position, I feel. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. It is very strong. Because you also uh, know what yeah. you need to, you know, the, the facts and the information yes. as much as you can that needs to be provided. It's just disappointing mm. uh, when, when you see colleagues doing a bad job. Mm. Yeah. For us, we believed take on power with information, with with research, with verification, with facts. Mm. You would stand and tell them and there's nothing they could do to you because you had your facts right. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the interesting thing with journalism now is there are a lot of journalists for hire. That's where I was heading when yes. I was saying before. Yeah. A lot of now, people compromise. Yes, they, mm-hmm. they're for hire. Uh, if you if you have the money, they will write whatever you want. Uh, so, so I think that's that's the downside of our profession. I've seen quite a few people who are unhappy with the fact that a lot of stories now uh, in the media are presented as they are handed over. Yeah, I, I mean, if 
Yes. You're told and then that is exactly that's what you print. We're like, you but write, what yeah. happened to you questioning and doing yeah. the research and seeing if it makes sense? Mm-hmm. But, but even during our time, there were journalists who were like that. Mm-hmm. There, there's a young crop of journalists who are doing a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. They are inexperienced for now, but with time, they're but going they'll to be get fun- yeah, They'll get there. Mm-hmm. They need mentors. The, the only problem is that the newsrooms don't have mentors. Um, you guys who are the good radio personalities took off. Uh, <laughs> you betrayed the profession. <laughs> oh, wow. We joined you guys. We also took off. Uh, we left the place. But 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 I think I challenge you, Crystal, so to find there. people to mentor. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I still have a few uh, journalism students I mentor. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have conversations about good journalism, about how they were going to... With, with good mentorship, uh, I think the future of the media is not as bleak. Okay. But all the good mentors have taken off. Mm, and uh, moved, they, on doing, uh, moved on to other things. Yeah. So to get five minutes of their time is quite... But also, many times you meet people and uh, you say, I'm not going to waste my time with this one. Mm. Uh, you can't mentor people who don't know their left from their right, who don't know what they want, who don't seem to figure out where they... Yeah, yeah, that's very true. So, so you find people who know what they want, you give them a push. You find those who are lost, you let them get lost because even <laughs> us who are lost, we found a way. Now, if someone is not willing to take direction, they're not willing and they think they know it all, Yeah, uh, it's very hard to mentor. Absolutely. Okay, okay, yeah. but it's a nice reminder there's a gap there. Yeah, there's, there's a, a gap, huge there's a gap. mentorship gap, yes. Okay, so as we wrap up, thank you so much for joining me. What would you say are some of your driving principles, the things, because you've talked about not compromising on some things. Um, where you are now in your career and what has carried you through the years. What are some of your guiding principles? I would say first it was upbringing. Uh, My my father was a very principled guy. Mm -hmm. Then I lived with an auntie who was absolutely principled. It was right and wrong. Mm -hmm. And then there was no two way about that. So Mm -hmm. I I grew up in that background. That's why I get strong views about drinking. For example, growing up for us, drinking was a sacrilege. Mm -hmm. You would never do that. And, 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 and I, I come from a very strong Christian background. Mm-hmm. So God is first in everything that I do. Yeah, if it's against God, it, it's not me. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, there are certain values, your sense of integrity, the things you believe in, uh, the, the putting, placing humanity at the forefront of whatever you do. Mm-hmm. So yeah, over time, these things have become part of me. And, and, and yeah, they... they God, I want to I, I want to ensure that I instill them in my children mm-hmm. and, and they stand for certain things. Maybe when I'm gone, that's the legacy I can have. Yeah. And when my children leave to expose the values that I believed in. Those values are so important. Yeah. So, so important. Absolutely. Well, thank you again for joining me. This was amazing. Thank you so much. <laughs> amazing. Such a pleasure chatting <laughs> thank with you. you. Thank you. It was nice meeting you after meeting your voice for so many years. <laughs> Lovely meeting uh, you too. Welcome back to radio. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Uh, Groove Cafe.